let me direct you to the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 119. Sister Bobby Sue is not here tonight, but I have to give credit to this sweet lady. She sent me a little note yesterday morning of her devotional reading, which came from the 119th Psalm. And I read that, but I couldn't stop. And I got down to about verse number 83, and I realized why the Lord had sent it. And I hope that I can share something with you tonight that will be a help to you. Uh, I think any time we read the Word of God, we have to consider it and appreciate it in the context of which it was written, understanding that many of the things that are referenced in Scripture in our modern world perhaps are not a significant thing, but then it was very significant. And so we have to remember that and draw the spiritual parallel of what that must have been like, perhaps find something in our modern culture that would be the equivalent of that and draw a spiritual parallel. And I hope tonight that God will help me do that. Psalms 119, I'm going to begin reading with verse number 81. Psalms 119 and 81. For thy seeds, the psalmist said, my soul fainteth for thy salvation, fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. Mine eyes fail for thy word, saying, when wilt thou comfort me? When wilt thou comfort me? Verse 83. For I am become a bottle in the smoke. Yet do I not forget thy statutes. How many are the days of thy servant? When wilt thou execute judgment on them that persecute me? The proud have dig pits for me, which are not after thy law. All thy commandments are faithful, thy They persecuted me wrongfully. Help thou me. They all, they had almost consumed me upon earth, but I forsook not thy precepts. Quicken me after thy loving kindness, so shall I keep the testimony of thy mouth. Verse 83. The psalmist describes himself as being become like a bottle in the smoke. Everybody said amen. I want to talk to you about enjoying the fire. And I'll give you the rest of it when I get through. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. Fire is significant in Scripture, and its function has deep spiritual undertones. It is supernatural in its origin, and it is part of God's divine nature. When you read in Scripture, you will most often find that fire is symbolic of His divine presence, 
It is symbolic of His power, His glory, His holiness, His purification, His word. Many other things are related to the fire of God. In fact, in the Old Testament, fire served in the beginning as a primary means by which God manifest His presence and exercise His judgments and His will. In the covenant with Abraham, if you read the book of Genesis, you will find that there was fire involved, that God spoke out of the fire. When Moses stood at Sinai, There was fire that consumed the mountain. When he stood at the burning bush, there was a fire that would not consume the bush. And there was always a flame upon the altar, which was significant of the importance of maintaining that presence of God in their midst. His power, his judgment... It was Elijah who said, let the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. In the New Testament believer's life, fire is also vitally connected to our spiritual being. It was the prophecy of John who said, I indeed baptize you with water, but he shall bumeth the latches of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. Fire is something that a spirit-filled person should take notice of. And as far as I'm concerned, I want to be filled with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The scripture says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. But part of that significant experience, there were tongues of fire that set upon each of them. Paul, writing to the New Testament church in Thessalonica, said, Quench not the Spirit. The literal translation of that verse is, Don't put out the fire. Amen. We must keep the fire of the Holy Ghost burning in our life. Now, in the natural realm, it is obviously we all understand the significance of fire. In the domestic home of that time, fire was used for several things. Heating, it was the way that they would warm themselves. It was used for cooking, preparing their food. It was light in which they could find a way to navigate their dwelling. And I think that all of us could understand and would say tonight in agreement that fire is a wonderful thing. But as wonderful as fire is, there is an undesirable aspect to it. As wonderful as fire is, there is an unwanted and often disagreeable part of fire. There is an uninvited, unattracted, un asked for side of fire, and that is Smoke. 
Everybody say smoke. Amen. Smoke. It would have been great if we could have had one without the other, but you cannot have fire without smoke. Now, I know in our modern times, they may have come up with a smokeless fire, but in biblical times, there was no such thing as a smokeless fire. The simple fact is, you could not have one without the other. If there was going to be fire there was also going to be some smoke. Now, we love to warm ourselves and we love to eat and we love to fellowship in the light of the fire, but smoke has a way of irritating us. It has a way of getting in our eyes and in our lungs and it affects us in ways that we don't even like to talk about. In our text, the psalmist was describing his life at that present moment, and it was not a very pretty picture. I don't know who he was. Scripture does not tell us clearly who wrote the 119th Psalm. Many feel like it was David, but there's an equal amount that feel that it was someone else. Whoever it was, it is obvious when you read this Psalm that there is a time and a season in his life in which he is going through things that are difficult to understand are and where they came stances that we have no idea what they are and where they came from, but we do know the effects of them on him. They, we know how they begin to work on him and work against him. And when you listen You go back and read those verses that we read a little earlier. You begin to listen to the cry of this man. It becomes very obvious and clear that he was under intense, painful, grief-stricken moments. And he was hurting. He was distressed. He was afflicted. And certainly he was sorrowing under some kind of duress. We don't know what it was, but it is certain that peace was not part of his life at that moment and comfort was far from him. He describes to me an exhausted state of mind and body in the terminology that he uses in the scriptures that we read. And when I read this again the other day, I I, I was affected by the effect that the smoke had had Upon his life. What what I would like to direct your attention to for a few moments. Is the effect that all of these things that he was going through. The trials. The suffering. The painful experiences. The, 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 the lies and whatever else might have been told on him. They were taking their toll upon him both spiritually, mentally, and physically. He he describes that effect and how it influenced his life and how it affected him. He said, I, I have become like a bottle in the smoke. Now, in, in biblical times, most housing was extremely primitive and the best constructions, other than a palace, they did not have a chimney, they had a a fire burning in it, but the only way for that smoke to escape was either through 
the flap door of the tent or through a hole in the roof. But because there was nothing to channel that smoke out of the house, it was not uncommon. It was very much a part of their life that their homes when they were cooking or when they were trying to warm themselves during a cold season would fill up with a great deal of smoke and it was their habit to take their bottles or their vessels that carried liquids and other substances and they would hang them on the roof or they would hang them on the wall and when the psalmist looked around his tent that day and and feeling all of the pressure and 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 the discouragement and the despondency over all that he was going through he eyed one of those bottles and he saw it covered with soot and blackened and shriveled up and he said that's that's what i feel like right now that's what i have become is a bottle in the smoke and yet he said i Do not forget thy statutes. Somehow, in all of it, he would not allow himself to let go of what he believed. He would not let himself let go of the precepts that he had been given. And he determined that he would, he was going to maintain his allegiance to God. These things would not take away from him his love for God or his love for the word. There were things that he did not silence his praise. They were painful. And certainly there were things that he did not want to go through. But these things could not destroy him. And he determined that I do not forget thy statutes. In spite of what's happening to me. In spite of all of this smoke that's in my life right now, in spite of what I might look like on the outside, in spite of what I might even smell like, I have maintained my integrity. You see, true faith will abide any test. Amen. True faith will abide any test. And he trusted and he obeyed and he stayed submitted to the law and the will of God. And here, my friend, I think is the key to understanding all of this experience that he was going through. When he described himself as a bottle in the smoke, but I do not go back or I do not let go of your statutes. This is what I believe The psalmist understood. It is not what is happening to you that is critical. It is what is doing, what it is doing to you that is critical. You get that? It's not what's happening around you that is so vitally important, but it is what it is doing to you that matters. He could not control his circumstances. He could not control all of the issues that were going on in his life. But he could he could control and determine what was going on internally. Amen. And so he determined that though I have become like a bottle in the smoke, yet I do not go back on your statutes. You see... What sinks a ship is not the storm. It's only when the storm gets in the ship that it sinks. 
Amen. Be careful what you let get on the inside of you. Be careful what you open your door to and invite into your life. Because that's the only thing that's going to destroy you. What's happening to you cannot destroy you. What's going on around you cannot destroy you. But when you let what's going on around you seep inside of you and begin to poison your spirit and your attitude and and you get this edge on your life, then, my friend, you are in danger. And it seems like the psalmist understood enough about his life and his spiritual condition that he couldn't control what people were saying and he couldn't control what people were doing and he couldn't stop what was happening around him but he was not going to let it get on the inside of him. Amen. Now, I know that I can't speak to him tonight but I am going to speak to you. And if you'll let me, I'm going to help you tonight with a few things. What he describes in this text is common to all of us. You cannot live life without trials. I don't know if that's a new revelation to you yet, but if it is, you need to let it sink in tonight and just accept it. You cannot live life without trials. You cannot live without tests. You cannot live life without stress. Handle. Hair out. Quit flying off the handle. Quit coming unhinged. Quit giving somebody a piece of your mind. He felt blackened. He felt shriveled in his soul. But he said, you know what? It's all on the outside. I'm not going to let it get on the inside. Amen. When I read this yesterday, God began to talk to me. And I asked myself the question... What can I do during trying times in my life to prevent that stuff from getting on the inside of me? Number one, remember that what he was experiencing was a product of his blessing. Fire was a blessing. It was wonderful to have a home that was warm and cozy and a place for a wife or someone to cook the meal or light where they could read the word of the Lord by. But the product that it brought with it was the undesirable thing called smoke. And so it's important for you and I to remember that you cannot have a blessing without some kind of adversity You cannot have fire without some smoke. You cannot have warmth in your life without having some other issues that go along with it. But with the blessing will come the smoke. It will come the part you don't like. It will come the part that irritates you and aggravates you. You cannot have blessings without trials. Now you can jump up and down and scream all you want to and lose your temper and and get bent out of shape and blow your steam off on everybody around you, but you're not doing anything to help your situation by doing that. Amen. Man, you're quiet tonight. You cannot have... Listen to me. 
You cannot have a single blessing in your life without some kind of adversity. Think about Joseph, who was blessed with the fire of a dream. He saw his people in a prophetic sense. He saw himself in being used by God in a prophetic means and ways in the future of Israel. And think about what that dream got him into. All of the trouble that came into his life because of that dream. He had to live through a lot of smoke before he ever got to the fulfillment of that promise. Now I want to ask you something tonight. Are you going to throw away the dream because you don't like the smoke? Or do you learn how to live through the smoke until it clears and the dream comes to pass? And you and I have the option, and there's many people that are throwing away their dream. They're throwing away what God has promised them because right now in their life, oh, they're covered by just a lot of smoke. There's so much trouble. There's so much stress. There's so much wrong in my life. Amen. Adversity and trial cannot kill your dream if you won't let it. You think of how through all of the smoke that Joseph, and he had to live through a lot. I mean, you think about all the stuff he had to go through. He, he, he was elevated in Potiphar's house, and then Potiphar's wife threw him back in the, caused him to be thrown back in the dungeon. He's in the dungeon, and he interprets dreams for his buddies and said, all I'm asking is just remember me when you get out, when things are well with you. And they got, one of them got out, and lo and behold, he didn't remember him for a long, long time to come. Amen. That's what happens in life. Sometimes we have to go through periods when It seems like our dream was just a fantasy. It was just a figment of our imagination. It was just hopefulness. You know, it was just me. I was just around the altar one night and I just had goosebumps and it was, you know, I got that emotional high and that was just me thinking that. Because we're interpreting the present moment in the wrong light and and we're thinking something's got to be wrong with me if there's all this smoke around there's got to be something wrong if I'm having to go through all of this pressure and deal with all these problems and and all of this stress is on my family and my home there's got to be something wrong with our family or our relationship or our marriage and so people are throwing that stuff away because they think that's the problem I'm going to tell you something in a moment. You might might shock you, but you need to hear it. I believe Joseph's key to victory was not letting what was on the outside get on the inside. Amen. Amen. Consider Job. Do you know that the only reason the devil even came after Job was because of what God said? Have you considered You talk about throwing Job under the bus. Listen to what he said. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil, and still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. 
I mean, you talk about set a guy up to get waylaid. It looks like God put him out there and left him hanging. And I don't know how Job did it. I don't know how he was able to maintain it. But there is one thing that I read again and again in the book of Job. And it is, it, it is this. In all this, everybody say all this. All this. Every child that was lost, every piece of his fortune that was burned up and, and taken away by the enemy, everything that put him in complete reverse in the, in the physical realm, and every loss, all these, in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Now, it doesn't mean he didn't have any questions. He did have a lot of questions. Go ahead and read the book. But the questions never morphed into charging God and saying, God, you're the reason that I'm here. You're the one that's caused all this. If I wasn't living for God, I wouldn't be going through all this mess right now. Somebody told me one time, said, Brother Hughes, it was so much easier when I wasn't living for God. I didn't have all these troubles. And I said, the reason you didn't have them, because you were going the same way the devil was. Why did he have to bother with you? You know, it had to be tough when you've lost everything to say, naked came I into this world. Naked will I return, but blessed be the name of the Lord. It it had to be something to live through all of that and maintain his integrity. He had to live through a lot of smoke before he got to that double portion that God was going to give him. And you may have to live through some things. Amen. Our blessings are frequently the source of our troubles. What is it that makes smoke? It's fire. Fire that warms the hand also leaves a residue of smell upon the body. (laughs) I don't want less fire because I don't like the smell. Amen. Rain that causes the world to flourish, also causes it to flood. I hope you get with me before I'm through. You're making it tough on me tonight. You're either really listening good or you're wondering where I'm going. Every relationship has its trials. Every relationship has its trials. You cannot have a relationship without smoke. You understand that? You cannot have, you cannot have a home without smoke. So quit acting like there's something wrong with your home Because there's a little bit of smoke. You ought to quit worrying about the smoke and thank God there's enough fire that will produce some smoke every once in a while. Marriages have smoke. But do you think I'm going to throw away the fire of my relationship because I don't like the little bit of smoke that it produces every once in a while? 
not on your life. I'm not going to throw away a relationship because there's a little smoke in that relationship. Understand me, church. You cannot have relationship with people and there not be some things that irritate you about them. You don't write them off. You don't go make new friends. You just celebrate the good that's in that friend. The fact that they even like you to start with. Adam asked the Lord one day, said, God, why did you make, why, why, why did you make my wife so beautiful and yet so dumb? God says, very simple. I made her beautiful so you'd be attracted to her. I made her dumb so she'd be attracted to you. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that, but you know, There are too many marriages and there are too many homes that are rife with tension because we get bent out of shape over a little bit of smoke. And the fact is, you can't have one without the other. And listen to me. Don't go mess somebody else's life up by leaving what you got to go find something better. Amen. I'm not saying anybody's going to do that tonight, but I'm just putting that out there. The grass is not greener on the other side. It still has to be mowed, and there's still weeds over there, just like there are in your yard. So you have to make up your mind on what you're going to focus on and what you're going to give your attention to. And the psalmist learned early on, if I give myself to all that's gone wrong around me, I'll lose my mind. If I really let all that's happening to me get on the inside of me, I'm sunk. I'll never make it. But he determined there's one thing that's unsinkable, and that's the law of God. So I'm going to hang on to that. That's what I'm going to focus on. I can't control the smoke. I love the fire. I enjoy the blessings. I want relationship. I want a family. I want a marriage. I want a home. I want friends. But I'm going to have to learn how to live with some of the disagreeable parts that come with all of that. Don't throw away a relationship just because of some smoke. I'm going to make some new friends. They just hurt my feelings. Well, guess what? Your new friends will hurt your feelings too. And they'll probably hurt them worse. Once you make a friend, you need to make sure you don't treat that friend with, with, with a degree of lightness that will destroy that relationship that God's brought into your life. As much as my wife loves me, and as much as I love my wife, she's not here right now, so I can preach a little bit about this. I'd do it if she was here, and you know that. But there's some things that just kind of get under your skin every once in a while. Irritate you. That's what smoke does. It irritates you. Makes it difficult to see what you really need to see. And you know what? If you're not careful, you can start basing decisions off of that smoke and not understand that in a little while it'll dissipate and all you'll have left is the fire. Amen. Don't throw away the one because you'll lose the other just as well. Everybody said amen. Number two, smoke can only 
affect the outside. It cannot affect the inside. Amen. The lit, to me, the literal thing that the psalmist was saying was it didn't touch my soul. Here is a man who said, yet do I not transgress or go against thy law. I do not forget thy law. In spite of what was happening to him, he was not going to let his faith in God go. Hang on to your faith. Amen. He would not let go of the word of God. Though the outward man perished, Paul said, the inward man is renewed day by day. Number three. When I was reading a little bit about these bottles that were used back then, historians say that many times when they were left for prolonged periods of time in the smoke, they would shrink. They would shrink. They would shrivel up. But only if they were not full. If they were full, all that happened was the blackening of the skin. But if they were less than full, shriveling that took place, partially empty, then there was this shriveling that took place in the the, the makeup of that uh of that that skin. You know what? The best remedy for my spiritual well-being is to always stay full of the Holy Ghost. That's why you can't come to church enough and you can't pray enough and you can't worship enough. Amen. I need to say that again. You can't come to church enough. You can't worship enough. You can't pray enough. You can't love God enough. You can't talk in tongues enough. You can't be overwhelmed by the Spirit enough. You can't dance in the Spirit. You can't rejoice in the Spirit too much. Because staying full of the Holy Ghost is the best remedy I have from shriveling up. In my spirit or in my mind or in my attitude. Amen. I'm going to get on that for just a few minutes. When you stay full, it will keep your mind, first of all, from shriveling up. And it's been my experience in dealing with people and in my own life that when I first start having problems, you know where it starts? It doesn't start out there. It starts right up here. It's what I allow my mind to think. It's what I allow my mind to dwell on. It's what I get hung up on and I can't get past. Well, she said, he said, they did. (laughs) And so then I want to blame everything on everybody. Oh, by the way, you enjoy the fire, but endure the smoke. That's my message tonight. Amen. It will keep your spirit from becoming withered. It will keep your sympathies and compassion from being hardened. It is only when we are less than full that smoke begins to affect us in a negative way. You need to write that down. Amen. I'm not saying that because I said it. I'm just saying that because the Holy Ghost is saying that to you. 
the only way that it will ever make a negative effect on you is when you are less than full. Amen. And then it begins to affect you. Your attitude, your spirit, your thinking. Amen. God help me to keep from shriveling up. You know what I love about what the Lord's coming after? The Bible said He's coming after a bride without spot or... What? Come on, somebody say it out loud. Wrinkle! He's coming after a church that's without spot or wrinkle. So how do you keep the wrinkles out? Stay full of the Holy Ghost. Then whatever's on the outside can't do anything but maybe bring a little soot. Maybe a little smell. But it can't affect who I am. It can't affect what I have. Amen. Amen. And the fourth thing, and I'm going to close. Historians say that it was, it was not uncommon in that day when, when wine or fruit of the vine as it was used for water. There was no way like the water and so grape juice or some kind of fruit of the vine. Not in any way like the, the, the wine of our day, but it was a, a, a fermented juice. But they would put that bottle in the smoke and over a period of time, it would mellow what was on the inside of it. It would take the sharpness out of it. It'd take the acidity out of it. Maybe that's why God lets us have to live through some smoke. So he can take the edge off of us. He can get that acid out of our spirit. That venom that we all have that we can pour out at times when we get angry. Instead of letting life make you bitter, why don't you let it make you better? Let it mellow you. I wish some folks. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Please help me right now. <laughs> There's some people in my lifetime I wish that I could have told them just to, just chill out. Come on. Mellow a little bit. Man, you're so hard and so mean and so rigid and so... You ain't live long enough to be able to... Because life will knock the teeth out of you somewhere down there. I've heard people tell me, well, I wouldn't let my kids do that. They don't have one kid to talk about or one kid in sight. And it's easier for them to tell you how to raise your kids, but let them have some kids. Let's see who's talking now. And there's people that come into our lives and say, well, you know what? If that was me, I wouldn't put up with that. I wouldn't listen. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, I, I, I'd give them peace of my mind. You know what smokes? intended to do it's intended to help mellow you chill you out a little bit make you a little bit more palatable make me a little bit more palatable Man. be kinder not crankier be more understanding not unsympathetic let it work good in my life not wreck my life.
He said, I'm a, I've become a bottle in the smoke. Yet, in spite of what's happening on the outside, I'm going to safeguard what's on the inside. And I'm going to make sure that what's out there doesn't get in here. Amen. Folks, you're going to have to live through a lot of smoke before you're through with this life. Now, you can get mad. You can cry. You can scream. You can throw a temper tantrum. You can have a pity party. You can throw things. You can say things. But most likely, when it's all said and done, you're going to have to go pick all those pieces up, have to clean up the house, You're going to have to apologize. And you can't unsay it. Once it's out, then what do you got to do? You got to repent. Humble yourself. But you're going to have to live through a lot of stuff to make it. Do you understand that about living for God? There's not something wrong with you because there's some smoke in your life. There's not something wrong because you're going through some trials and tests right now. It's all part of the blessing. If there wasn't fire in your life, if there wasn't something good in your life, there wouldn't be without getting as well. You can live without getting a lot of smoke only if you have no fire. And this is my determination. I can put up with the smoke, but don't ever let the fire go out. I need the Holy Ghost. I need that spirit to keep me warm and remind me of what really matters. Faith doesn't prevent me from pain. Faith doesn't avert troubles in my life, but it does enable me to endure them. It does not remove them, but it does put me beyond the reach of its nasty fingers. Amen. I have become like a bottle in the smoke, yet... Do I not forget thy statutes? Amen. The floodwaters that came upon the world did not put them beyond the reach of help. And he does not put us beyond the reach of help in a flood, but he builds an ark so that you and I can make it through it. And it will float us until the waters go down. So don't abandon the ship. I've said this many times and I'll say it probably a lot more before I quit pastoring. You know, I I have to believe there were a lot of undesirable things going on in that ark. You think about all those animals and all of the waste and all the refuge and all of the, the stuff that just goes with life and locked up in that windowless, one window, one door. No, I don't know if there were vents or not, but whatever the case, you're cooped up in that. But I want to ask you, if you were to be allowed to go into that ark and say, okay, Noah, do you like it in here? Do you want out? I guarantee you, if I'm anything, He said, no, I think I'll stay with the boat. Amen. I think I'll stay with the ship. Because as stinky as it might get on the inside, 
It's a whole lot better on the inside than it is on the outside. Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise right now. Stand with me if you will. Amen. Don't don't think there's something wrong with your life because there's some smoke in it right now. Just rejoice that there's got to be a fire somewhere that produced that. Stay focused on the fire. Enjoy the fire. Thank God there's some fire. But endure. Endure the smoke. You can't have one without the other. Amen. Sounds like a riddle to me, but it's a truth. If I can just be patient. Stay stay true to Him and stay faithful. Keep worshiping in the midst of my troubles. Don't forsake the assemblings of yourself together as the manner of some is, but so much the more as you see that day approaching. Why? Because you're going to need it. The encouragement, the strength. One little thing that can happen in a service that can put you back on your feet. Amen. Praise God. Somebody say, you're going to have to live through a little smoke. 